You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Millennial Minds is committed to enlightening, educating, and informing the D.C. metropolitan and DMV community. In lieu of the current political climate under the Trump administration and the current impeachment hearings, today I am speaking with Mr. James Brooks. James Brooks is a D.C. native, community activist, and politics buff. We are introducing a new series called The Brooks Report, the harps and malts of the political climate in the DMV and on the national level. Hi, James. Hey, how you doing, Yazzie? All right, how you doing today? Doing well, doing well on yourself. Good, I'm so excited. Um, Just thank you so much for taking out the time to... Um, you know, talk to us about what's what's going on um, in the White House and in politics. Tell us about yourself and share with us where you're from and um, how you how you became a, a news buff, politics buff. Absolutely. So I think uh, my journey into this happened uh, years ago. I was uh, I, I'm, I went to Catholic University <clears throat> and uh, when I had that opportunity to um, get that car to drive on campus and park and all of that. Uh, The car that I had, it was actually my grandmother's car, and she, uh, of course, let me use it to go back and forth to school. And so uh, it was a car that had only had just an AM AM station. Mm -hmm. And uh, from that, I just uh, picked up that there were a lot of great organic AM stations, um... And, you know, of course, I was forced to listen to the AM station because I didn't have any other uh, stations to listen to. So I kind of listened to an old or a couple of um, great radio stations and and got kind of drawn into it there. And then, of course, my uh, my interest in it went even further when I went to uh, the David Clark School of Law and, of course, went through that process of learning law and how important it is to just regular citizens. And, you know, I kind of got into it from that standpoint. So I'm always excited about covering just not only uh, DMV local politics, but also, uh, you know, kind of dissect what's going on at the na- on the national level. Uh, as you say, like now we're dealing with the uh, the impeachment um, and the impeachment hearings with uh, with Donald Trump, President Trump. Yes, uh, definitely. Thank you. Thank you, James, for sharing some of yourself about some of yourself with us and uh, how you got into news and listening to the AM radio, which is really a talent because it takes patience to to tune into AM with no music absolutely, <laughs> and all talk, all commentary. You really have to be tuned in to that. So um, I'm, I'm just excited to talk to you. Um, you know, this is a very tumultuous time. Uh, it's a very emotional time for a lot of people. Yes. We're literally on the verge of an impeachment verdict on whether or not to remove the pre- the current sitting president from office based on allegations of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Yes. Um, James, first of all, can you define impeachment for us and um, what are these allegations based on and how did we come to this point? Sure. Well, well, we, when we're talking about impeachment, we're, we're, we're just for just a organic definition, we're talking about. Uh, a charge of misconduct made against the holder of a public office. And so when we're talking about that, 
Um, we have it at this point now where, of course, uh, the House of Representatives have introduced these articles of impeachment um, <clears throat> as the prosecutors. And, of course, the Senate, they sit as the jurors to determine whether uh, whether or not the uh, allegations and the evidence, whether it's actually uh, something that can actually uh, remove uh, President Trump from office. We got here, uh, I believe, in my opinion, I think we got here because uh, of you know, there was an allegation of President Trump literally um, uh, attempting to get a political advantage, as it's being alleged, um, from a country, European country called Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ukraine, of course, is in Eastern Europe. And what 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 the allegation is, is that uh, the president was attempting to use um, uh, uh, Vice President Joe Biden and his son as these particular um, interest uh, to further his interest uh, in a political run for a second term in the presidency. And the evidence is out. I think everyone, it, it, it would behoove everyone to check the evidence out for themselves. I think the problem that we're coming up against now is that, you know, a lot of people are kind of like uh, at this point, I think kind of kind of drained in hearing about the impeachment piece is coming mm-hmm. on the news. It's it's everywhere. You kind of like uh, everywhere all day. Everywhere all day. You have impeachment uh, parties and uh, stuff like that. But one of the things that I I, I definitely want to share is that I hope it doesn't get to a point where the ones who know don't care anymore, and the ones who care don't know. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that we have to be mindful for, mindful about, whether it's millennials or or any group, that it's important to know. Uh, at least what's going on, uh, local politics, national politics, because it's going to ultimately impact your vote. So just imagine if you don't know a lot of things when you go to the ballot and you tend to choose a person who you thought was going to actually be in your lookout for your best interest, but actually they don't. Uh, so I think we got here because um, a lot of people did not pay close attention to a lot of things that are going on in politics and how important it is to actually vote. Uh, their conscience on a lot of different issues that are impacting the community and even on the national level. And I think if we um, if we if we don't again, if we don't play, pay cl- close attention to, to, to politics and local politics, we'll end up with situations where we'll have a divided country and we'll have a lot of people that are they, they don't know um, while they uh, attempt to know they don't know enough because they only listen to. Uh, just the regular local media outlets and stuff like that. Like I said, I think I was kind of fortunate enough to kind of be open to, you know, considering AM stations, alternative stations, just to find out what a different perspective is. And I'm uh, I'm appreciative that your uh, your show is allowing that uh, that form to happen here. Oh, most definitely, James. Um, I, I and I I thank you for that for, you know, giving us a call to action and charging us to ensure that we are paying attention to both local news uh, outlets and national news, um, reading up and, and, and watching and listening, being aware of what's going on. Um, I want to I want to kind of dig a little deeper, James, but I, I, I have a question for you. So just based on my own, the things I've seen and heard, uh, it, it, some, it seems as though some people really don't see anything wrong with a president requesting or urging or you know whatever the the action was right like requesting a country anyone but you know 
asking for or forcing, you know, help or research to dig dirt or where have you on uh, a fellow candidate, someone that you will potentially be running against people. Some people don't see that as a problem. So if you wouldn't mind just explaining kind of what, what that, what, what problem that poses and why that is not ethical, that, that is not, I don't believe that's an action that we would want the, the leader of our quote unquote free world and democracy to be doing because that that sets a precedent and that makes a big statement sure my point that i always say to people is that evidence will always lead to the facts evidence will always lead to the facts and that's that's the lawyer speaking yeah yes, yeah I love there's, it. there's there's you know we use this term in law we call it the mens rea and the mens rea is what is the person's intent what is their mm. what is their intent uh and so that's what we tend to i think that's what we tend to have to look at as uh as as citizens american citizens what what is what was the intent? Uh, we also use, which is funny, uh, this whole idea of, uh, you know, the but for test, but for uh, President Trump doing this, would he find himself in this situation? Uh, I think personally, um, coming from my perspective, I think that uh, I, I believe in trying to be very neutral. I can see both sides. I can understand how people can see how this can definitely be something that's um not a problem. And I could definitely see how people could see it as a problem. But, you know, the only thing that I can actually relate this to is let's just say that we all are going down a street and it says the speed limit is 25 miles an hour. Uh, and we have a, say a police officer at the corner and he sees us going down the street and he pulls us over. Um, when we are flagged by a police officer or we are told to present you know, documentation, of course, license registration. Um, he usually explains why he's pulling us over. If you can't refu- refute that you're going over 25 miles an hour, or if you can't refute the reason that you didn't go over 25 miles an hour, I find it very difficult for you to actually make a strong argument of why it's justified. So my point is, is that, you know, yes, he it's alleged that he did do it, but he's unable to produce evidence to justify why he actually did it. And the evidence that he is presenting uh, I can see a lot of people having problems with it because the evidence just doesn't add up to the facts. The evidence of, you know, the hearings that were in Congress, the evidence of the uh, information that was submitted by the House of Representatives for the Senate to consider. Uh, all of this stuff has to be things that are considered hardly, very strongly. Um, what's happening now, which is so funny, is that you have one senator, <clears throat> Lamar Alexander, who's about to retire. He's actually saying, yeah, he's admitting, yeah, he did it, but I don't think that it rises to a political offense. Well, that's also saying, well, if I if I drove 25 miles an hour, although I did do, <clears throat> although I did go over the 25 miles uh, an hour um, speed limit, you know, it's not deserving of a ticket. And so you can have, you know, a couple of people saying, you know, different uh, or coming up admitting to it, but saying it's justified. Uh, of course, right. they can come on different sides of that coin. But the whole point is, is that. What is the gravity of this? The gravity of this, of course, is when you don't hold precedent uh, in a situation. Uh, precedent meaning what is what what is natural? What 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 have we agreed to as as Americans about the Constitution? If we've all agreed and voted on and sent representatives and senators to the to our congressional 
um, house to enforce our laws, then the question becomes one of um, is there a is 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 the, is the is the scale of justice worth omitting or just putting to the side when you do a particular act like uh, Donald Trump in soliciting foreign uh, foreign assistance from a particular country uh, when you know that's wrong in election in an in an election year. So I think those are just things that we have to weigh, mm-hmm. and I think at this point it may not be something that can be weighed based on how I believe the Senate is going to come down and possibly uh, not impeach him. Uh, But I think that voice can also be uh, deliberate and intentional in in voting. But the the irony of that, though, is, is that um, we don't want a person to mess with our elections, but yet we also don't have any control over it now if he actually uh, is not um, uh, President Trump, that is, if he is not uh, like held accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Monitored. He's not held accountable. Right. Who's to say that this won't happen again? And so this is, I think, the, uh, as they say, the constitutional crisis that we are, that we're in at this crossroads. So it's going to take a lot of people uh, to really start thinking about uh, as a society, you know, our our, uh, our lines that we're drawing in the sand about, you know, what's right and what's wrong moving going forward. Uh, because this can't happen again. Uh, we just can't afford it because a lot of people will look at this and and say, well, if he doesn't have to answer to subpoenas that were issued by the House representative to find evidence, well, why would I have to answer a subpoena? To a subpoena, yeah. Yeah, and, in a and court. Now, and explain what a subpoena is for a, people who may not. Absolutely. A subpoena is basically a... Um, uh, 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 a subpoena is basically a document that requires you to uh, uh, to show up uh, to answer uh, to uh, an alleged claim. One of the things that that that, that subpoenas do, uh, of course, uh, we uh, in 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 the regular sense of things is we we see it as an opportunity to gather additional evidence to find and uh, to define up or down whether. Uh, the charges are warranted or not. Uh, but when you don't cooperate, that's where the problem comes in. You know, that's why I always say when you don't, you don't, you don't, when you don't cooperate, then therefore you won't have the evidence that will lead to the facts. So that's the importance of the evidence. But I think, you know, I think one of the things that, uh, that as a, as a country, we're very resilient. I think we're, we're smart, we're intelligent. And for the most part, I think a lot of times politicians tend to take people for granted. Uh, mm-hmm. And they think that we aren't listening when we should mm-hmm. and we're not we're seeing things <laughs> and we're not paying attention. But uh, I think that uh, as this goes forward, I think this right here will be a historical moment oh, for us all to uh, really get into the po- political swing and and really identify those candidates that we think will actually be, number one, transparent Two, they have eth- an eth- ethical compass about themselves and that they're actually um, serving and relating to the people. Hopefully what it will do, it will encourage other people that may be sitting on the fence to actually get involved and possibly consider, you know, running for different offices, seeing how this is yeah. uh, now. It may very well be a surge in, in, in people from all different walks of Absolutely. life after this <laughs> fiasco. Right. Yeah. Fiasco. Yeah. Of, no, I, of, I totally agree. Events in, in, in politics and, and in the, the highest office that you could hold in our country. Uh, so 
there are allegations against President Trump of abuse of power and obstruction yes. of Congress. Yes. Um, would you quickly, James, explain how has President Trump allegedly abused the power of the, the presidency and obstruction? You know, what is that what is that obstruction allegation about? Well, what happens is, you know, we tend to hold up um, in, in our society the presidency. Uh, as equivalent to, you know, in, in, in I would say over in um, in England, like the the Queen and the and and how they actually kind of are looked in in, in high favor. Um, our equivalency, of course, is the presidency, and so this is like the highest office of the land, uh, where he, there's really unfettered discretion to do whatever you want. Uh, which is why we have to have people, I think, that have some form of solar compass and in terms of um, having some ethical uh, nature about themselves uh, being in a particular office like that, because it's a trustworthy office. It's a, it's an office where there's a lot of trust and a lot of people, uh, their, their lives are actually impacted by a lot of the laws that are passed in this country. We are a land of laws, as we say. So the idea is that, you know, the abusing of the power is, you know, President Trump taking that, that political office and basically using it for his political gain, not in the interest of the people, but in the interest of what he sees as something that can benefit him. And so when you say on the obstruction of Congress, a lot of the there's a lot of buzz out there that the obstruction of Congress deals with something uh, where, for example, the subpoenas, you're blocking people to come to testify. You're blocking people to come. Mm -hmm. And even and, threatening or intimidating uh, people or silencing people. Right? And silencing Scaring people. them from 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 testifying. That's um, right. Or. That's right. That's that's what that's what this allegation is all about. Mm -hmm. um, there there's arguments on both sides that um, during this impeachment um, place with that we found ourselves that the House of Representatives in presenting the case to the Senate, that they've done such a phenomenal job. And then there are. On the other spectrum, there is, well, the process wasn't right. You didn't allow due process. You didn't allow the president, when you were doing all this, to present to the Senate. You didn't allow the president to have his day uh, to refute the facts. Uh, as I see it now, uh, even now with the Senate uh, doing their thing, there, there's no refuting of the facts. Uh, again, I keep going back to the, the idea that the evidence will lead to the facts. Well, that you have the evidence. Uh, which has led to the facts. You have the testimony, but you don't have uh, anyone refuting the facts. And right. it is not uh, a normal or can be seen as a normal trial in the sense that we see it from a judicial standpoint. We have a judge and jury um, in, a, in the impeachment uh, scenario that we're dealing with. It's more of they call it a trial. Um, which is fine. I think that's a, another word, a fancy word of saying, you know, this is just part of the legislative um, process. But you really don't have in this setting or a requirement uh, for it to be, in my opinion, the same setup like you'd have uh, in a regular judicial trial where we would normally see if we were either watching a, a TV show or actually participating as a jury uh, for jury duty in, um, in in our everyday lives when we get uh, summons to go to court. 
Uh, this is unique because there is, oddly enough, there is no one to really enforce uh, the jurors or give them specific instructions because as it stands now, as the impeachment uh, uh, rules are written, uh, the Senate can overrule the chief justice. So, you know, you mm-hmm. can't have it where the interesting that's thing is. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. You, 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 even though the 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 chief uh the chief justice can actually rule one way uh the senate can actually overrule him mm. so in a in a regular trial even if you know the jurors uh even if the judge say for example says that a a person is either guilty or liable um uh, you don't have the jurors that can say oh no we want to overrule the judge i got you so it's a little different but similar in a mm-hmm. lot of ways and so let me ask you this james uh if the senate by majority vote rules that, you know, they dismiss this case uh, or they decide that they will not impeach President Trump. What does that mean? That's deep. I mean, what 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 that could mean is that uh, some some there's a school of thought that says, well, you know, uh, this could be a warning for him not to do it again. And there's another school of thought that um, if we allow him to get away with this, what is to stop him next time? So, you know, it depends on where you fall uh, on those school of thoughts. Uh, I tend to be one to believe that, you know, uh, if if we're playing sports and the referee calls a play and he says, OK, you were out of bounds or you fouled a person, uh, um, then, you know, that's literally, you know, what we have to accept as fans and or as uh, people or members that really enjoy that particular sport. Uh, and usually there re- there's a repercussion. There's a repercussion. A file, there's right? a repercussion. Uh, but in this instance, with the impeachment there, you know, whether there'll be repercussions, uh, I think the only way we can determine that is where we have people to go to the polls to vote, mm-hmm. vote their conscience, where that does happen to get uh, people in place that will be willing to enforce um uh, inappropriate activities of a person in office or uh, to include a president. It's funny because a lot of states have it where they have impeachment uh, proceedings. If you have a governor who is um, in, mm. uh, abused his power uh, and the, the state, just like the, the, our government, the United States, they have that power to remove a particular person. But I think more more importantly, I think more important rather, I think it's going to be important for us to <clears throat> pay attention to this because what this also does is it calls into question a lot of things that uh, the United States government has put in place as laws. For example, a lot of the sacred things in terms of people's rights, in terms of people's um, uh, just fundamental rights can actually be you know, possibly re- there there could be an issue with that. For example, here's why. Let's say we have a like president. There, there could be exceptions yeah. to this this law, this rule. Sure, right? and and it could be implemented by presidents. Let's say hypothetically a, a president comes along that's elected and says, you know what, I think that this whole immigration thing that we do uh, should be revisited, and I don't think you know any immigrant from whatever country should be over here. Well, if he puts that in place and we don't have any safeguards, then uh, it very well could be a scary moment. Immigrants could be uh, at risk. So we have a lot of people uh, and a lot of issues and a lot of protections 
that could be at stake where we don't show some form of precedent. So that's what we have to be careful about. We have to be careful about those sacred things that we have, you know, said that are fundamental under the Constitution, that they are not uh, just uh, just, you know, just torn apart because it's one person that wants to see it another way. We have to have to have to ask, we have to have which the founders kind of put in place uh, checks and balances, if you will. Oddly enough, um, we're, we're already seeing the campaign uh, ads on television for, you know, the presidential election for 2020. Sure. Which is coming up in, in November. Right. So wh- what's the a few, a, just a, a couple of nuggets of wisdom um, or advice that you have for constituents who will be um, voting, voting this year, some both for their local seats, Yes. Um, you know, in their local uh, senates or, you know, for for their Congress, Congress representatives um, and also for the presidency. So what are some things that we should be doing to prepare ourselves um, to make to make wise decisions when it comes to our voting? Sure. I think all 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 politics is local, in my opinion. I think all politics is local. And from a local level, I think identifying those people or persons that we feel are speaking to those issues that we see as a problem, um, you know, is going to be important. You know, my thing is or my challenge is, is that for those people that uh complain or see things that are that are issues or concerns, uh, whether it's Virginia, Maryland or D.C., what are you going to do about it? And, and I think that's a, that's that's the clarion call to everyone. What, what are you going to do about it? It's not enough to sit on the hands. It's not enough to be armchair revolutionaries. It's more of a thing of what 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 are you going to do about it? Uh, and so one of the things that we still have sacred is that opportunity to vote in terms of what we're going to do about it. So I would just suggest that we look at people uh, that actually are speaking truth to power, that uh, that are not swayed or influenced by uh, donors, but they actually speak to your issues. And if you feel compelled to find more, find out more about what this person is about, whether it's a male or female, um, actually research them, Uh, research um, and like I say, also not not just get your information from just the regular, you know, uh, news broadcast, but sometimes put on an AM, AM station and see what other people are saying. And it's OK to disagree. It's OK to disagree. And I think that's one of the things that we haven't gotten to in America um, is that idea of it's OK to disagree. It's OK for you to have your opinion <clears throat> and for me to have my opinion, it's OK to disagree. And sometimes we will be misunderstood based on where you come down. But again, the power is in the people, the power is in the vote. And clearly the power most definitely has to be in choosing those people that speak for the issues that you uh, desire and you uh, you hold so dear to your heart as right and wrong. I think we've gotten away a lot of I think we've gotten away a lot from the idea of what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, in, in law, we say if it doesn't pass the laugh test, then, you know, it's, it's no sense of going down that slippery slope. So uh, I just encourage people to be advocates in that sense and, and consider if you if you're unhappy about it and you want to do something about it, then put your hat in there and run yourself. I like it. I like it. Mm. Thank you, James. Thank you. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we look forward to having you back and 
Thanks for uh, enlightening us on the impeachment and on our voting. Absolutely. I call it the <clears throat> I want to call it the harps and the malts of the of the political climate as we see it. I love it. I love it. Anytime, anytime. You are listening to The Brooks Report on Millennial Minds on WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Till next time, 